welcome, welcome to all of our viewers and anyone that's listening after our live recording. What's splashing? I am Lashanti the Siren, and you are watching Siren Sundays, Episode 2, Season 4. On this episode, we have our guest, Karen Panton, from Bahamas Protected Areas Fund, which is also our gracious, proud sponsors for this first couple episodes this season. Welcome, Karen. How are you? Hey, thank you so much, Lashanti. What a pleasure to be here with you. Definitely. So can you tell us a bit about what you do and what Bahamas Protected Areas Fund is exactly? Okay. Um, before I get started, uh, I would like first to, um, on behalf of my board, certainly to give our sympathies to people of Haiti during this very difficult time and to say to them that you, we are with you. Our thoughts are, are with you and we wish you uh, peace. Um, as you go through this time. And also to the people of the Bahamas, happy independence. Happy independence weekend, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, for our viewers, I thought I'd share a little uh, PowerPoint which will explain a bit more about BPAF. Uh, and then we could go in a little bit more about uh, the Minecraft campaign, our exciting Minecraft campaign. Let me pull that up. One sure. second. So for any of our viewers watching, I actually, when I first started at Bahamas National Trust many moons ago, Karen was actually our finance director there and she was always so full of life and we were so happy when BPAF started and she got to be this in this great opportunity. So it's exciting to finally kind of back around and come back to this and, and be here with you today. So let's get your PowerPoint up so we can hear about this amazing organization. Excellent, so tell me if you can see my screen. Yeah, so you're in presenter mode, so everyone can see presenter mode. Oh, okay. One second. <laughs> That's what live is all about. We get all these fun things. <laughs> One second for me, please. Okay. Is that better? That's perfect. Okay, excellent. So while I'm doing that, I'm going to take my camera off so the quality of the uh, video can go quite well. Okay, is that fine? Sure, no problem. Okay, great. So, so the Bahamas Protected Areas Fund, we are an independent, accountable and responsible fund. Um, and our main goal, of course, is to manage or to support the management of biodiversity in the Bahamas. And to keep that very, very simple, um, biodiversity simply refers to the variety of life, uh, life that we can see, plants, animals, microorganisms, and of course the habitats, habitats in, which, in which they live and how they all interact and work and link together. And as I mentioned here, it's important to note that human managed ecosystems like farms as well as natural ecosystems like mangroves all impact on um, biodiversity. As I mentioned, um, uh, biodiversity is the foundation of life forms the foundation of a vast array of ecosystem services that are critical to human well-being. And, and, and as we've not, noted with climate change and sea level rise that we've been talking about recently, um, it is having impacts, especially on small island states like the Bahamas, where we are the ones who experience the, the issues related to our activities firsthand. There are clear links between biodiversity, protected areas, and ecological performance. And uh, in some uh, studies, there's evidence that uh, fish stock in properly managed marine protected areas are three times the size of fish in areas without 
NPAs are with inadequate staffing budgets. Yet research demonstrates that only about 9% of marine protected areas have sufficient staff, and certainly only 35% have adequate um, budgets. Yeah. NPAs add over 5 billion annually to the Bahamian economy from tourism, from fisheries, from carbon sequestration and other activities. Marine protected managers operating costs for 2018 approximated approximated $18.8 million. And when I speak of approximated for this $18.8 million basic is a, is a basic cost of managing their um, these marine protected areas. But for management, effective management, this cost moves to $71 million. Oh wow. That that um, study also noted that the gap for protected areas management in 2018 alone was 12.5 million. And this gap is projected to reach 143 million by 2027. So what was the, what was the to answer to this question, how we fund the gap? How did the, the Bahamas address the gap for protected areas? The answer was the, the Bahamas uh, Protected Areas Fund. So the government of the Bahamas, the Nature Conservancy, the Bahamas National Trust, and a host of other stakeholders came together together to craft this innovative solution. And I can say this is a solution that came out of the Caribbean Challenge Initiative, where um, governments across the, the Caribbean, particularly spearheaded by the Bahamas, got together and decided that they wanted to preserve 20% uh, or put in protected areas, 20% of their marine and natural systems by 2020. And I could say that the Bahamas, <laughs> where we may not have gotten to the declaration of the full 20%, but my understanding is that we just need to have some of those areas because areas gazetted and we're well on the way. Yeah. But who are we? The Bahamas Protected Areas Fund, as I mentioned, was established in 2014. And our whole purpose is to ensure sustainable financing into perpetuity for managing protected areas, climate resilience, carbon sinks, water resources, wetlands, bluehills, and ecosystem services, ecosystem health. We are a national conservation trust fund and we fund partners like the Bahamas, Bahamas National Trust, the University of the Bahamas, any government ministries, who, ministry, department or agency whose work aligns with our purpose. Um, we fund uh, via grants, conservation efforts directly, policy, research, education and awareness. Um, our primary partners include, as I mentioned, the government of Bahamas, in particular, the Department of, Envir of, of Environment and Housing, including its departments of, of environmental planning and protection and the forestry unit. We also are partners of the Caribbean Biodiversity Fund, uh, the Nature Conservancy, Bahamas National Trust, Clifton Heritage Authority, WAIT, and uh, more recently, the Ministry of Tourism, working with them on their uh, and just cluster tourism project, which is proving very exciting. So how does the fund, how is the fund governed? We have a board of directors. The overall management and control of the fund resides with the board of directors. Currently we're chaired by Kelly Bossert Tooth, who comes from a long family of, 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 of political and, and environmental, environmental activism. Bruno Roberts, a CPA, as a vice chair, as well as Robert L. Lockmore, another CPA who was our treasurer, and then, of course, Eric Carey, 
former Minister of Environment, Earl DeVoe, Ashley Henderson, with a background in marketing, Colin Higgs, uh, who was a former Ambassador of Environment, Permanent Secretary, another outstanding environmental um, member, Rochelle Nubow, who is the head of the Department of Environmental Planning and Protection, the mm -hmm. director, Shanique Smith, uh, who is the country representative for the Nature Conservancy, and we're happy to have Shanique because the Nature Conservancy has provided a lot of science as well as funding. And of mm -hmm. course, the Deputy Director General of Tourism, Ms. Ellison Thompson. So we have a wealth of persons on our board who bring a, a vast degree of experience in law, protected areas, management, ecological science, you know, investments, tourism, external affairs, education, you name it. We have it on our board. Yeah, your board um, is very well selected. It, it covers that. Very well selected, out. yes. Go ahead. No, so it just covers that range, like you said, finance, environment, and tourism. Like it's hitting all of those key areas for the Bahamas. Yes, yes. And it's worked out, as I'll show you later, it's working out very much to the benefit of the of, of the fund and for the Bahamian persons. Um, so our current focus is uh, we're continuing to on grant uh, funds from the government of Germany for Hurricane Dorian restoration and assessments. We have now fully developed our grants program and process, and we're working on some areas, including our monitoring and evaluation. We are also looking at the sustainable financial base for the fund. And if you notice, we've got three pillars of that, um, sustainable, sustainable finance revenue options, grants, as well as a fundraising plan. Today, we'll talk a little bit more about our first national fundraising plan, and of course, our fourth and final focus of the fund through 2022 is raising our national and international profile. So what makes us different though? One, we are mandated to fund government, the government's environmental activities. We're one of the only NGOs, local NGOs that is, who has a mandate and the scope to do this. Again, our funding, we're a funding mechanism and we cover a range of environmental needs and environmental NGOs. We have excellent governance, the, the fund is based on international best practices for national conservation trust funds internationally in terms of governance and policies, frameworks, um, our fund managers, external reviewers, audits, and so forth. We are extremely well covered. <laughs> um, go ahead. No, I was just, I chuckled. You are very okay. good. <laughs> And part of this is because we also work, we work nationally, but we also work regionally within the sustainable finance architecture of the Caribbean Biodiversity Fund. So our governance and our structures have to be uh, based on, as I mentioned, um, international practices. Um, BPAF is able, able to leverage funds across its regional and international work network. As I mentioned, we raised 1.26 million after Hurricane Dorian, and we're continuing to work um, to raise additional sources of funds. We're independent, we're accountable, we, our reports are issued yearly, we're responsible, all of our operations are transparent and on our website. Um, we disperse funds using a, a very sound framework and, and we've got a very, very good group of persons who are on our grants review committee. I'd love to call their names, but I won't because I wouldn't <laughs> want to get them in any trouble now. Um, and, you know, these are persons with sound science and um, ecological experience who are looking at all of our applications and who are 
uh, assessing them for soundness and feasibility and budgets and so forth. And we were just very pleased and thankful that these volunteers, you know, at their level and understanding how busy that we all are, and they're willing to give up their time towards, you know, what is so important to the country. Um, we also the legal register of the protected area system in the Bahamas. I'm just going here to why investing in BPATH makes sense. Yes, uh, a couple of reasons, as I mentioned before, because of the variety of stakeholders and interactions that we have, because funding BPATH ensures the health of uh, marine and terrestrial protected areas and ecosystems that support our tourism sector. They also support our fisheries sector as well. They support livelihoods. Um, our work continues this outstanding environmental leadership and legacy that the Bahamas has had from the beginning. Um, the Eczema Keys Lands and Sea Park, for example, the first of its kind in the Western Hemisphere was, um, and still continues to be an outstanding park. These are the types of parks and, and areas that we, the bah uh, Bahamas Protected Areas Fund, continue to support through our efforts to leverage funds from different types of, of mechanisms. And, and opportunities. And finally, I also want to say something that you're hearing a little bit more about is this whole idea of the blue economy. By yeah. working very closely with the Department of Environmental Planning and Protection and other partners like the Bahamas Development Bank, um, uh, the Wade Foundation, the Wade Institute, and all these other uh, partners who are in, the, uh, on, in this area and looking at this area, we're hoping to expand the behemoth economy because normally when people think of environmentalists and environmental organizations, they think of tree huggers and so forth, but the conservation spill outs and has an impact on so many areas of the, of the, of the behemoth economy and of economies in general that um, sustainable development goes hand in hand with, with excellent conservation. To give you a couple uh, ideas of the projects that we've already approved and the projects that we're looking at for funding, we've approved already $400,000 in funding from Hurricane Dorian. And what has to do with um, assessments of mangroves and corals around the little Bahama Bank, and that's through the Perry Institute, um, establishing a seedling nursery for forest recovery in Grand Bahama, both pine and mangroves, and that's with the University of Bahamas and the Forestry Unit. The restoration of Abaco National Parks and Invasive Species with Bahamas National Trust, and improving the effectiveness of marine reserves, crab and no-name keys. We also had a second call under the um, Hurricane Darin funds. There are a number of projects in there that we are, at the moment, still reviewing. Those will be um, resolves in the coming weeks. Some of these include, you know, just assessing the condition of dolphins in and around Abaco and the areas impacted by Doreen. You'll notice we have a number of solar integration and solar installation projects that are being looked at. And is using insect biodiversity on Grand Bahama to evaluate ecosystem recovery. And just a number of other things. through so starting a Dillon Climate Resilience at the Rand Nature Center, uh, another BNT project. And looking at um, improving energy sustainability and building resilience as far as Heights Academy in Mahat Harbor. This is just an idea of um, what we're looking at. And I think I'll stop there until we get into the other session of the of the uh, the of the interview. Do you want to talk a bit about yeah. the campaign? Yes, I'll do that now. Oh, oh sorry. 
So, in January 2020, my boche and I, we traveled to, uh, and this is following Dorian, and we had already gotten the funds from um, the German Development Bank. Um, we went to St. Lucia, and we were with the, the St. Lucia National Conservation Fund, which is a sister fund. We're looking at ways of encouraging larger amounts of funds and regional work that we can all share and do together. We were also looking at how do we get in um, or get uh, this idea of working with more and more corporates and trying to translate the work of conservationists into um, a language that, you know, corporate Bahamas, corporate citizens can better understand and better support. And we started to look to think about the impacts. Of, and all of us were experiencing this in Lucia, Antigua, St. Kitts and Nevis. We're all talking about the threat of climate change, sea level rise. In yeah. some places, they were, you know, they're, they're having issues with sagasm and all the, the related. Yeah. And then we said, you know, Karen, you all just had a huge and horrific hurricane that, you know, decimated two of the islands. It'd be great to, to, to develop a campaign around that. And so we sat down, Kelly, <laughs> to Foster and I, and then we brought it back to the board and we had these, you know, discussions about how can we do this? What is the appetite for given here in the Bahamas? And um, because uh, we wanted something again that n not only are uh, uh, the, the normal, the usual suspects with sport, but we also wanted to have something that school kids or mothers or churches or even, you know, very, the financiers, whoever it may be, we wanted something that could resonate with them. Yeah. But we also wanted to get the urgency of why um, restoring our natural defenses. And we say that mangroves are the first line of defense uh, for countries like the Bahamas that are just so flat. So we, we, we then had this idea, we had a great idea and a great concept. And then we went, of course, to uh, Blue Orchid and said to them, help us to bring this to reality, help us to think of a plan that uh, could, you know, touch, resonate, attract regular persons as well as persons who may be environmentally um, conscious already and who may have a history of giving. And, and then, of course, we also went to the Bahamas National Trust and we said to them, look, you know, as partners, we don't do minders. The, ba the Bahamas Protect Protected Areas Fund is not an implementer. We don't work on the ground. We, our job is to find the funding Mm -hmm. to support projects that are already in existence or projects that want to come around. For example, when the stony coral tissue loss disease first became a problem and was first noted, of course, we jumped on that immediately and we gave uh, a project to um, Perry Institute and the uh, Bahamas National Trust to support, you know, assessing that and providing solutions. So we went to Blue Orchid and we were like, what, what are we going to do? How are we going to get these people excited and how do we bring the significance of this because mangroves are so important. Yeah. You know, mangroves, they not only uh, reduce the energy and the height of waves, but they also prevent coastal erosion. Mangroves help to deal with uh, improving quality of water. Again, of course, they support in the Bahamas over 100 different marine species. They provide uh, in a natural nursery for all the things we love to eat, snapper, grouper, conch, and all these wonderful things. And of course, the things that we, we sell commercially they provide tourism and tourist activities like kayaking, sailing, and 
uh, you name it, a bird watching and so forth. And then these new and emerging opportunities that are coming out from this whole idea of the blue economy. So we wanted to say to people, these natural defenses are, are very important and we have a choice. We can leave the, the country as it is and about 40 to 75% of the mangroves in, across Grand Bahama and Abaco were destroyed during Dorian. And we do have some organizations who are working to put those back. Um, or we can get proactive and we can say, give us your $2, give us your $200, or give us your 200000 or like my chair would say, give us a $2 million. Mm -hmm. You can put it safely in this fund that's properly managed and properly governed, and we will make sure that the funds are actually in turn turnover to these implementers on the ground. And so we started with it. And... Um, very exciting. As I mentioned, we got the cooperation of Farmers National Trust and they took us down to Vindros and we had a day when we filmed everything. Elijah Sands, thank you, Elijah, um, took us around and, and you know, Anessa, Lundy, and Melissa Ingram and Kelly Armstrong, just a whole of person got involved and said, now you got to ground through these numbers in here because we don't really want anyone to say, don't pop these numbers out of your head or whatever. So now we all got together, Shanika at TNC and we are basically like, what can we do and how can we make this really be not only exciting for people, educational, but also at the end of the day, really help to produce uh, or really help to rehabilitate and restore mangroves. So the aim, of course, is to raise funds to uh, restore 10 acres of mangroves in the country, $250,000. We know that there are persons who can do that without batting an eye, <laughs> but we also want to give everybody an opportunity uh, to, to participate and, you know, right. Get, get, no, I'm saying it. you give everyone these opportunities to invest in it and feel a part of it. You know, it doesn't yes. get one person that we can probably run around and find to do this. But as a people, knowing that this is something that benefits us and our future generations, contributing yes. to this would be you investing into the future and into the protection of our country. That's right. And, you know, we could put up man-made walls and they are okay in the short term. And I think there are some projects that will do that because of the necessity, because of the urgency of providing some protection around our islands. But it's been shown two things. Mangroves are 10 to 100 times more uh, affordable to put in place, the restoration, than putting in man-made seawalls. And also, uh, mangroves have this way of creeping. So in times of uh, mangroves tend to build land, but they also build their own defense. So as sure. they're threatened, they move up. And so you have a, like a living, moving wall. Yeah, they walk. Cannot, you know, yeah, they walk. Right, exactly. So we're we're excited. I'm excited, as you can see. Uh, we want to help. So we've got partners, as I mentioned, the Department of Environmental Planning with their IW Echo. Make sure I get that right. Um and ISICAM with the Ministry of Tourism again and BNT, all of these different actors are working to, to do this restoration work. And right. our idea was as they're working on the ground, why can't we be working to bring the funds in and to provide any gaps in some of these major product, uh, projects that are going on now? Mm -hmm. uh, we could help them um, to, to relax, do their work while we think about where the financing is coming from. And so, and so that's what we do, sorry. Yeah, which is helpful, right? Conservation exactly. is doing so much work on the ground. We need people that are interested in financially helping or figuring yeah. out how best to finance these things. So it's it's definitely a collective, a collaboration of different types of expertise. So it is, and, um, it is, and um, I I just think that it it it, you know, 
conservation groups. I've worked with the Nature Conservancy. I've worked with the Bahamas National Trust. I've been around so many of our environmental groups in the Bahamas. And I know the one thing, we don't lack intelligent, bright, committed persons, but we do lack funding. And I always say environmentalists, and I always wanted an opportunity to say this on record. Many Bahamians don't know what the sacrifice of these conservationists are. For weeks and months, they're away from their families. They spend hours away from their kids. I remember I used to drag around uh, my daughter. I remember I could tell you uh, when I worked for TNC, we went to a meeting in Jamaica. And my daughter might have been two or three, I don't know. But I always took her around and... Um, uh, the meeting manager said, hey, look at look at Naoshi, your daughter. She is the only person in the room taking copious notes, right? Look at her there. The rest of y'all, you know, y'all are jiving or whatever, but she is the one taking the notes. And she's like two or three. So all of us have have grown up with our kids and all of our kids have grown up being, you know, young conservationists and so forth. But the type of commitment that I've seen in people like Eleanor Phillips, and Eric Carey, for example, and I don't want to call any more names. You probably get in trouble. Yeah. You know, I'll, yeah, you could get in trouble so easily. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But but people don't understand the type of commitment that's necessary. What these people bring to the table, how they're how they're up at six o'clock in the morning. Even uh, Director Newbold, I'd like to shout out kudos to her, who's just being so commendable in her in her position. But. These are people who are committed. These are people who want to see change in this country. Yeah. And we want to be alongside them as the sustainable financing mechanism for conservation, for protected areas, while they're out there fighting for, you know, the preservation and the uh, protection of the country. Right. So I think it's probably a good time. Let's actually play that campaign video so people can kind sure. of get a sense of what, what are we talking about when we say link up, you know, to do, to help so, link? Yeah, so link up is like, you know, the roots of the mangroves that link up to form, uh, they intertwine, right? Yeah, and they tend to do that. <laughs> yeah, so we were kind of mimicking their actions of the roots of mangroves as well, but also saying, let's get connected. This We're all in this together, from the person in Abaco, sorry, up north, to the person down in where since where, where where's the eastmost? I always get it wrong. San Salvador, Mekwana, wherever it is. All of us, regardless of age. And mm -hmm. I, we also want to say to... Our, our companies in Nassau across the country, investing in uh, conservation makes sense because many of you have assets here in this country. Many of you have got multi-million dollar assets in this country. Conser conservation then isn't an option for you. If you had a building or if you had a piece of equipment that you were using constantly, you would invest in repair and make repairs and maintenance. Exactly. Those hoteliers and, and other operators who benefit from our environment. Think of conservation then as your repair and maintenance. Get involved with a partner organization. Get involved with someone, with a group that can make a difference. And if you don't have such a group, then think about BPAF and think about using BPAF as a means of showing your, your corporate social responsibility of improving your sustainability scorecard. That's what we want to encourage them to do. So when we say link up, that means every person from every sector Every business in the country um, could be a two-year-old. Once I could speak, yeah, mommy, mommy, I like that. I can put my $2 there. Now we want to encourage them to start thinking because we're talking about our future. The future of this country depends yeah. on how we, what we do today. Awesome. So yeah, we're excited. Um, feel free to play the video if you wish. Yeah, I'll play it now and then we can talk a bit more, bit more about how individuals and families can get involved. Sure, sure, absolutely. 
What do defensive linemen, speed bumps, and the corners of coffee tables all have in common with mangroves? They all stand in the way of fast-moving and potentially destructive forces. Believe it or not, mangroves are not only essential to our ecosystem, they are also the first line of defense against the winds and surges of hurricanes. They help to protect our property, our economy, and our very lives. The Bahamas Protective Areas Fund is committed to protecting Bahamian mangroves and we're making it easy for you to do the same. Link up to protect the mangroves by raising funds to plant and preserve our country's most important natural defenses. Just $12 plants a single mangrove tree, whilst $25,000 plants an acre. Every contribution counts. Help defend the Bahamas for this generation and the next. Visit bahamasprotected.com slash link up to learn how you, your family, or your organization can link up to protect the mangroves. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll shoot that link in the comments for anyone who was wondering how they can help out. But can you let us know, we do have a question um, in the comments. How is Corporate Bahamas responding to the LinkUp campaign and how are they responding generally to the efforts of BPAP? So uh, we, I should say the Corporate Bahamas is, as, as well as regular individuals are very, very interested. But again, I think uh, we, we had two queries actually, and uh, somebody, two queries arising from the campaign. One was, individuals who want to start their own uh, sort of mangrove campaign, which we really don't mind, but we would like to discourage because there's just so not discourage, we don't mind, everybody's doing their bit, but we'd also like to really uh, direct that funding to the major projects where it's going to make the most impact. We're looking at impact and we're looking at countries where there are already severe vulnerabilities to another hurricane. I know when Elsa passed, we were all just praying and wondering, you know, that's a thing around. Yeah. So, yeah. so that was a couple of responses we had where we kind of got people excited and they wanted to do their thing and, and you know, bring in their little community groups and so forth. And that's good. We, yeah. we sort of moved them on to the right persons and told them who to speak with to start those. Um, but again, I think there is a culture that we need to uh, build here in the Bahamas, a culture of giving. Um, and this, 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 campaign has two aspects. One is online, and only the donations that are actually paid online are actually noted in the, in the, the leaderboard. Um, donations that come in by wire so far are not indicated there, so the campaign may not be looking as healthy as it actually is. Um, but I can assure you, we, we are getting some traction and some of that though are from companies, of course, who are already familiar with environmental uh, yeah. conservation country. We'd like to see hotels come forward. We want to see taxi drivers come forward and the sports fishing, uh, uh, the, the, the men and women in sports fishing and the, and the hotels and the lodges and so forth. These are the people who benefit and these are the people who should be, you know, yeah. linking up with us to, to, to keep this for their own benefit as well. And I think something important that you said, because um, of course you don't want to discourage people who also want to do mangrove campaigns, but I think yeah. another, uh, I don't know if the right word is issue, but another ailment that I think that we have in the Bahamas, 
especially sometimes in conservation, it's everybody kind of wants to do it themselves yes. rather than collaborating. Like we do not yes. need to reinvent this wheel. BPAP yes. is an amazing system in place where you can contribute. That'll help fund organizations that are already doing work. They know how to do the work. And even yes. more, I've seen shout outs and calls when these organizations are ready to plant their mangroves. They're asking for volunteers. So by yes. staying and keeping in line with this channel, you're able to yeah. contribute to an organization through BPAP and then you're able to later on probably help these organizations plant. Yes. So if you want to yes. get your dirty, get in the field, you can do that. But when you try to, to reinvent the wheel or start your own campaign, you really are pulling these resources away from, from organizations and conservation yes. who are already doing this work, already have done the science and have all that background. So I have, I've always been an advocate. Like, guys, let's try to see if we don't need to reinvent this wheel. And BPAS, like right. I said, you guys have this perfect mechanism in place for the funding of conservation projects. But I do also want to ask if if possible, I know anyone can apply to do projects through BPAF, correct? Once Except for okay. we fund any locally registered non-governmental organization or government organization. I should say we fund everyone except individuals and for-profit organizations, but you must have been in business for at least a year prior to application. Once you're once you're not a for-profit organization, and once your purpose or your project aligns with our purpose and our priorities, and you can go on our website, bahamasprotected.com, and find out what our priorities are through 2022, and figure out whether your projects align with those, and come and talk to us, call us, uh, 698-1152, and, and find out what can we do, you know, how can I get involved, or even if there's a private company, for example, mm -hmm. we've got... Um, uh, NGOs who are working with private companies who tend to provide the kind of uh, technical expertise that may be necessary. Like some of these mangrove restoration may involve some sort of hydrological process. And, and sometimes those processes are outsourced. Um, so yes, there are ways to work together. And, and I want to just say that I do agree with your comment that we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're not going to compete with anyone who's already working. We want to support the work that's being done because we think it's good work. Yeah, and just to highlight this comment um, from Dion Pratt, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. I agree, and, and Karen, you did touch on that earlier. Hotels especially, or any major corporation that is benefiting from tourism, which indirectly is benefiting from our natural resources, should really yes. consider um, protecting this and investing in this, especially because as we saw, you know, our whole country can shut down from one yes. storm. And if That's we have right. things in place and these natural things in place like mangroves that already are yes. doing the job if yeah. we can get them back out there doing their thing they walk they know how to protect the coastline like and yes being a plant if we can get these big hotels and corporations tour companies to invest in this then then our natural resources will be here in perpetuity they will be here that's probably right. that's right. and that's so important because we're in such a crucial point right now we're doing okay but we can be doing so much better as far as yeah. our protection yeah and i think you know Mangroves have been sort of dis disposed or disrupted because they smell bad, they don't look very exciting. But right. when you think of those kind of the roots, the foundation of the sea, then you realize just how important they are. And I think Bahamians have, we have get to come to that point where we are understanding ourselves. What are those things that contribute to our lives and keep us safe and expand our economy and so forth? We get a real appreciation for them. The Bahamas National Trust is always asking people to come and look at it. 
uh, mm -hmm. protected areas to look to come down to bonefish pond and and mm -hmm. pine needle forest and the retreat and so forth it's up to us to really value what we have so that we don't lose it uh, one study suggested that as horrific as dorian was if it wasn't for the mangroves around those areas impacted the storm impacts could have been so much more worse mm -hmm. and so we want to go back and help now to put those mangrove systems back in place if at all possible yeah yeah that's so we're it's excited like Go ahead. No, because I was going to say, because like you said, there are organizations that are using science to figure out the best way to plant these areas, the best yeah. areas to plant these in and restore our mangrove habitats. That's right. That's right. And after this, of course, it will be corals and seagrasses for the Bahamas Protect Areas Fund. So this is one of three sort of um, ecosystem, big national ecosystem fundraising effort that we want to do because we realize all we have, all of us are within what, seven, I don't know, 10 definitely 50 miles of the coast at the most, right? So we're all coastal people. We all see people. We're all close and we're all threatened by sea level rise and mm -hmm. big storms and increasingly big storms. So we all need to be aware and involved. As I mentioned, if a family can give $2, we'll take that. If a family could give 2000 or 200000 or whatever it is, we would take that as well. Definitely. Yeah. So really quickly, how can people get involved? Just check out the website. They can go to bahamasprotected.com slash link up. And I could just show them quickly if I may. May I? Yeah. And I did pop right. that link in the comments, guys. So definitely head oh, over yeah. to the page. Yeah. yeah. Bahamas Protected. I spelled that right? Bahamas yes. Protected. Yeah. Yep. And they will see where it is. Quickly, quickly show my uh, the screen. Definitely. Right. And please feel free to ask questions while we have Karen on the line. I'm sure someone out there with an organization might actually have a great idea and want to get some funding. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm just grab my screen. Is it up? Sure. Yep. I will pop it up right now. And here is the link up to protect the mangroves. Oh, I love okay. the arms linking. Like you, we were talking about, right? The arms linking like the roots of the mangroves. Beautiful. Right. <laughs> and we wanted to really physically link arms for the video, but because of COVID-19 and the distancing, we wanted to come, uh, you know, comply with the requirements of the competence authority. Yes. Here's the original graphics. And here are the course of the six reasons. And now you can here are the options to donate now as an individual or to consider, you know, um, consider raising funds as a team. We've got four teams already on the board. And um, you can just sign up. You can go in here down as a team fundraiser mm -hmm. and a team name, your require your telephone number, email and so forth. Register your team and then once you, you've done that, of course. Um, you can invite persons to continue to donate the, the campaign using the team name so we can put uh, the efforts in the, on the leaderboard. And the leaderboard, those scores are not dollars, they're actual points. Mm. So, so a team could decide they'll raise 100 together, like uh, some siblings, say some young kids may decide, you know what, we want to raise $50 for the effort. And mm -hmm. they put in the $50. Um, DPAP protectors may decide they want to raise a thousand dollars. 
for those points are just various various targets are there and the points are totals towards whatever that target is. Nice. Yeah. So I see some like Miller family, Royal family teams popping up. Yes. On we definitely, I think this could be such a great family effort, a, a good company effort. You can even have teams within a company uh, doing this. Like you may say, X corporation, this is their finance department. This is their human resources. Yes. Like I think this is Right, a, right. A good competition within organizations and even just between families. So, yes. for everyone listening, get involved with this. You know, it's all—it's for all of us. It's not just yes. for people in the tourism industry. It's to protect our coastline. It's to preserve our natural resources in the Bahamas. You know, we're celebrating 48 years of independence this weekend. So let's be sure to make sure we can continue celebrating independence for many years to come. I would hate to see our country sink because of erosion when we could have just had our mangroves in place. But so before we end, do you have any final thoughts for our viewers? Let's link up. Let's do this. I know that we can. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we do have one more question. I will let you take that right before we close. Um, how can sensitive, regular Bahamians more, more to the critical nature of mangrove restoration and general efforts to grow our natural resilience to climate change? How can sense? How can sensitive? I think. I think by. Having shows such as this, by having PSAs, by social media and so forth, and by being more involved, by becoming a volunteer at organizations like the National Trust, Life Brief, you know, there's so many good organizations that we could we can all volunteer and, and give our two hours a week. You know, we spend a lot of time doing the things that we like, but there's also, I think, at this time, given the urgency of what's upon us, we must look at ways of, of ensuring our safety of ensuring our continuity. God help us if, like you said, a year or two from now, I mean, our 50th birthday is coming up soon. We want to be here. We don't want another Dorian, you know? And right. whatever we can do to ensure that uh, we defend and, and keep that off. I mean, our mangroves may not stop a Dorian, but they certainly help to slow it down. They certainly help to, you know, to break that energy. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd say volunteer, uh, there are sites, there are any number of um, sites provided by the UNDP, by the World Bank, by IDB that provide um, free educational programs and so forth. Get, uh, get, become knowledgeable, become aware, make it your responsibility to know what's happening because environmental impacts are the, will be the most dangerous. COVID was bad, but imagine another Dorian. We don't want that. So I'd say let's get involved. You know, for what? And let's get this going, you know? <laughs> yeah. So last thing, what is your favorite sea creature and why? We have to okay. go the marineness. <laughs> so it's interesting. When I, you know, I would tell you that the usual suspects, because I like to eat snappers and jacks and so forth. But I think it's the pirate fish because the pirate fish is a cleaner of our coral reefs. So I'd say that. Yeah. It's <laughs> a yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being on this show. And thank you again to BPAP for sponsoring this episode. Thank you all for viewing and listening and riding this wave with us. Hope to catch you next time on Siren Sundays. All waves yours. Lashanti the Siren. <laughs>